Nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour. This is the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or, you know what, sometimes we get, we go a little bit crazy and we talk about stuff that's based on a comic book property. Well, like, who knows? Sometimes, maybe one of those is on this very gosh darn show. Who can say? We can, because we made the show, but you will have to listen to find out, and then you'll have to interpret for yourself, what's that comic book property mean? How is it different from a comic book? Well, listen, all everyone's got differences, but at the end of the day, they don't amount to nothing but a hill of beans in this <laughs> whole world. Which is always discussing that is Greg. That's true. I came specifically to discuss hills of beans. When did that become the standard? I think uh, right around the time when I said it, I'm a standard maker. I'm a tastemaker. <laughs> listen, I show up. And I win. That's all I do. I, I just I just wake up and I piss excellence. That's from Talladega Nights. Piss excellence and eat beans. Yeah, that's that's me. Also with us, Ryan. But the beans you're eating, those are coffee beans. Just chow down on coffee beans. Not oh. even chocolate covered. Oh, no, no, Wait, no, no. I, I just take like whole coffee bean. I just assumed hill of coffee beans. I guess it's non-specific beans, right? Uh, oh, I always thought... That's so funny. I always thought pinto beans. Really? I was... And I, that they, you couldn't stack... I don't know why. You couldn't stack them into a hill. They'd be all slimy and they'd slip. Well, yeah, but I mean, a lot of hills are slimy. You saying a hill can't be slimy? I would say, on uh, yeah. But pinto beans' no, is natural no, no, no. state is as close to the floor as possible. Yeah. They it, don't want to stack. It's basically a liquid. Uh-huh. So well, I guess coffee. Well, beans, no. Yeah. See, you're thinking of like, like a refried pinto. Beans. Yeah, you're talking co- cooked bean. Yeah. yeah. What's I a pinto bean before it's a pinto bean? It's it's oh, just, just like a hard little. It's just a hard bean. So math yeah, class. You're throwing that all, all up together, bounce it all up, and you dive right in that Scrooge that, McDuck style. That's true. If that it would stack the same way coffee beans would. Exactly. Yeah. You fucking idiot. But, but but I have to say we also we started talking about what I thought it was and I would I just thought of it as like a big pile of right. baked you beans know what? just Boston baked beans as I said everyone's got an interpretation <laughs> but they don't amount to nothing but a hill of beans what does it say about us Taylor our uh, choices that we make about which bean well I think it means that Ryan's a stupid idiot because who would immediately jump to coffee beans it's the most common bean that we intake in our lives no fuck that that's real stupid Greg is obviously right because the go to is pinto beans I also would accept. Uh, lima beans. If if you're picking no. a bunch of those lima beans, never for that's me. That's third for place for sure. Yeah, no, thumbs down. Big uh, thumbs down emoji on that green, one. Green beans also. Nobody is st- making hills of green beans. It looks the most like a hill from the distance. And are beans just beans in name? Like we're talking about little things that, like in a cartoon, right? Oh, yeah, it's oh. like a flat heart looking thing. I'm sorry. Do you, would you rather me say a hill of legumes? Yes, I would. Fine. It that's what we're talking about. It don't Blue amount to nothing but a hill of legumes. How about goobers? Oh, just that ain't nothing but a big pile of goobers. You know what, Greg? I don't even know why I didn't just cut, just throw. Just right throw to, you. to me, T Money. Throw right to you. I'm here. I will always it. pick you up and lift you above my head, dirty dancing style. You are my Jennifer Gray. I am your uh, Patrick Swayze. Greg, have you guys really ever are... successfully made that move? Or uh, do, you, yes. do you fall over every time? I feel like on an emotional level, we're successful every time 100%. we attempt that move. You are. Do we get it locked in place all the way up? Uh, I wouldn't say that we ever you know have. What? Locking out is for, for, for wimps. Yeah. yeah. It's for show off. It's a reps thing. I think what I go for is max reps. And I... Exactly. It yeah, becomes oh, yeah. a shaking... 
The pro- a lifting, a straining. Yeah. The problem is that I don't really understand how, like, there's a lot of work on me as the lifter. Yeah. Like, I got to put my hands in the right spot and do a lot of lifting. But instead, I just put my hands straight up in the air and expect her or him to jump directly into my hands that are yeah. already well, that's, that, un- that's unfair. That's a rookie mistake. That's clean dancing. Taylor and I have worked through things like that because right. of our rich history yeah. of our attempted lifts. We're not going to make rookie mistakes like that. We make expert mistakes. Yeah. The, the mistake is that we do it too well. Now, Greg, we look too good. You're a uh, stocky, muscular gentleman. I am. Taylor is 600 pounds. Yeah, so he's, a bi- he's a big boy. You guys don't want to switch this? Thing. You think it's easier for you to lift him? I think spiritually I'm a lot lighter because of the things Taylor has seen and done. Yeah. So I think on that level it makes more sense for me to try to lift him. It, yeah, it really just makes sense. Yeah. Once you guys get somebody in the air like that in the perfect dirty dancing move, do you then go to the put it on a finger and spin him around like you're a Harlem Globetrotter with a basketball? Yeah, maybe get like a big bucket of glitter. Uh-huh. And just throw that in the middle of the routine. Speaking of buckets of glitter, we're talking about the Legends of Tomorrow that season is, that's finale. That's a pretty good description. <laughs> But before we get to that, we got the super serious Shishi Bullpen. Now we're in the super serious Shishi Bullpen. This is part of the show where we kick back, have a little fun with some saggies. This week, we're going to uh, make some trades on this hot, hot stove. The stove, some people have said, is too hot. You got to move because it's so hot. It's it's so hot. You got to get out of the kitchen because you can't stand the heat. Got to make moves. Like the way that life works, though, if you touch it and it is too hot, pull back. But then test it one more. Touch it one more time just to see if the, it's actually that I hot. I understand the state of Ryan's skin now. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now. That's why you're burned, man. So what we are going to do is we're going to go around the horn. We are all going to represent uh, a show, and we're trying to make some trades, take a, a character from another show and put it onto their show. The rest of us... We're going to, you know, represent the other show because we can't just have one-sided traits. No, that'd be wrong. It's collusion. It's wrong. Exactly. No you collusion. Sh- you, shouldn't, you shouldn't collude. <laughs> Ryan, why don't you st- kick us off? Who are you taking from what show and putting them where? All right. Uh, if we agree to it, if, right, team If we money? agree to it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we drive a hard bargain. So, gentlemen, if you could please leave the room because I have a phone call to make. Okay. Walk, right. walk, 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 uh, walk. I am, let's see. I need the number for Umbrella Academy. Boop, 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 boop. Bing uh, bong. Oh, hey, you're on with uh, Greg and Bing bong. This is Umbrella Academy, the show. Greg, Bing bong. How long has it been? We have to do drinks and golf soon. Bing bong. D- Bing bong likes the sound of that. We do have to get out there. Hey, guys. Um, on the links. This is Ryan from Doom Patrol. Hey, Doom Patrol. Love your show. Kind of feels like we got the same, the same vibe going in we, a lot of ways. We started at the same time, but I feel like one stayed on longer and is much better. And <laughs> I, I won't say which one is still going and was much better. You're giving you're giving us the business here at Umbrella Academy. We don't like that. No, no, it could have been you guys that I'm talking to. Maybe your show is a lot better and still on. Anyway, uh, I have a proposal for you. Hi, yeah, Bing Bong. Doom Patrol has maybe too many characters. I'm not sure. Okay, I don't want to negotiate for your side yet, but I yeah. do know one thing. Things have been mentioned lately on our show. I feel like there are some sort of um, like primates coming, but I think that you guys can agree. That Pogo, and I don't know what you guys are going to do with time travel. You know, I'm sure that Pogo will still be on. But mm-hmm. I feel like we need to, he needs to change the scenery. And I feel like that we need to give Pogo a new home over wow. here on the DP. Wow. I, I am frankly surprised that you called trying to get Pogo out of our hands. That's just uh, a little thing. Just a minor, minor deal. On the Doom Patrol, 
Hey guys, it's uh, it's Taylor Bing Bong uh, sent me a page. I just, awesome. I, I'm hearing this. Uh, you want to take Pogo away from us? Over Pogo here at the Umbrella monkey. Academy? Yes. Mm, that's a real that what Oof. I don't know about that. We love this monkey. And he's our favorite. The thing is, is that you guys already have the gorilla torso gentleman. I'm reading here. Yeah. Is that maybe you guys have too much of that going on? Double no, dipping there. Absolutely. Let not. me take Pogo off your hands. All right. Mm. And I, I I'll throw you something. You know, I'll I'll, I'll throw something at you. Okay. Yeah. Well, Greg, I'm. This is crazy talk. This is, uh, and we can all agree that Pogo would be better served on Doom Patrol. But go ahead, please. I don't listen. This is crazy, but he's got a point that we've already got a half gorilla man. Uh huh. Why don't we take? Why don't we take a? We don't have a robot man. I know. I, that's. What, I think that's what it's going to take. If we get Robot Man, for sure. I think. Uh, well, it's not hard. But we need Robot Man and Cyborg. Okay. We need a robot and a half robot. We've got a monkey and a half monkey. We're not going to give up one of those and not have a, a whole thing and another half thing. You yeah. guys don't know oh, how to hit the hold button, apparently. I heard all of that. Oh, you were. I think a gentleman would not have listened to that. What? A gentleman A gentleman forgets. Yeah. Guys, I'm on hold. Please hit the button back. Oh, well, here. This, this Th- one? Thank you. Bing bong. There's no fucking way that you are getting robot man. And I will give you cyborgs. I'll give you Cyborg. No. And I will throw in Cyborg's dad. Okay, how about this? Did you hear how he almost said Cyborg's dad? We can have Cyborg. If we can have Cyborg, we'll give you Diego. Are you serious? Yeah, you can have Diego right now for Cyborg. That is an equal trade, and you know it. Yes, it's equal in that like both of our shows are going to be the same. (laughs) What I'm saying is that you are one butler down, and now you have two Diegos, but one is a Cyborg, and his name is Cyborg. Uh, Greg, you can make your own decision. I'm I'm a pass on this one. Okay, how about this? I will uh, cyborg, cyborg's dad, cyborg's mom that he didn't murder. Maybe out. did or did not murder. It's not, it's not totally clear. Uh, man, I I I don't know. How about Rita Farr? Are you kidding me? I would take a Rita Farr. You're gonna. How about Crazy Jane? Uh, no, there's no. It's uh, all I want is the dumb you know monkey. You know what? Fuck it. Niles Calder. We need <laughs> a new dad. Okay, <laughs> I will give you cyborg and Niles Calder for Pogo right now. I. That's a trade that I'm willing to make, Greg. I will I will stipulate to that. Okay. I will agree to that. You guys have no idea what Niles Calder's writer is every week. Like <laughs> it's a lot. Maybe not as much as Pogo, which is what? Like just lettuce? So much lettuce. We just want to watch him eat those chocolate bars. Just pounding chocolate nonstop. Do we Bing have a deal? Bong sounds like we have a deal. So <laughs> Pogo is going over to Doom Patrol. Now, moving on to Greg, what do you got for us? Well, I'm representing Doom Patrol. Which now has motherfucking Poco, y'all. We got a monkey on the team. But we need something else. And you guys are going to be representing Legends of Tomorrow. I would like... I'm calling you up right now. Beep, bop, boop, beep, beep, Ta- boop. Whose turn is it to answer the phone? Beep, boop, bop, beep, boop, uh, beep, beep, I did it boop, last time. Beep, I think it's... Beep, Bing bong. Oh, Bing bong. It's, it's Greg from New Patrol. What is up? Oh, Bing bong. Bing bong. All right. Uh, so we noticed that you have killed off this character, so it feels like maybe you don't care about her. And we're just calling to inquire. No big deal. Zari? Okay. Uh, it feels like you're done with her, and, and you guys don't need her anymore and have no plans for her, so maybe... You know what me and Taylor noticed is that... Um Last week that you guys had your Doom Patrol season finale after show party, and we did not get an invite. So, well, yeah, that, that seems to like get lost in the mail. You know, I thought that we had a quid pro quo thing going with all Pogo the after parties. Th- Pogo thought it would be weird now that he's with us. If uh, like a quid quid Pogo, a quid Pogo, we got the Pogo yeah. Stick. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that, guys. I don't know, not to side, but like Pogo's still a little yeah. touchy, and um, oh, you know, you know how it star. is. 
It's in all the trades. But, uh, you know, how about the sorry trade? We will. I think that uh, we definitely have um, young Zari on the table. Yes. Eight-year-old Zari, we will definitely do. Yeah, yeah, I would be going for the adult. As with all things with me, that's, I'll be going for the adult woman. That's out of the question. That's the, that's simply out of the and question. And I'm sorry, who were we getting? You would you ask who do you want? I'll give you. I mean, make I, a request of hey, me, Ryan. I'm just I'm just gonna throw this out here. We should take a robot man. We, yeah, I mean, did he you notice? So well. Did you notice, Greg? And again, I love what you're doing over there, Doom Patrol. Uh-huh. Did you notice that uh, we have spent this entire last season making Zari the center and star of our show, the starry of our show, if you will? I feel like you guys are you're underutilizing her still. You don't know like what her thing is. I want Robot Man and with a promise that Brendan Fraser will appear in more episodes of Legends than he did in Doom Patrol. Robot Man, that is such a hard ask. He's sort of like the whole center of the show. Yeah, that's quid pro quo. How about... Oh, wait, I got... Hold on. Cyborg. I will give you Cyborg and what? Cyborg's oh, dad. So this is, this is a man who doesn't take us seriously. He takes us for chumps. Uh, <laughs> Greg, we're going to put you on hold real quick. Um... Taylor, what if we were to um, get Pogo on Legends of Tomorrow? This is the perfect idea. This is why they pay you more than me. Uh-huh. That's why. All right, let's 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 take it off hold. Let's okay, Greg, we've got a proposition for you. All right, I'm still here. Listen, I know I uh, we recently saw on the trades. You got a big new trade yeah. coming to your show. Yeah, we will give you Zari in exchange for Pogo. Done. Done deal. <laughs> Wait, I think done deal. Oh, no, mission accomplished. No, are you I kidding me? You might we have got Pogo on Legends of Tomorrow. I think you might have thought yourself on that one. The problem guys. is too is that <laughs> Greg traded from uh, Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol a very nicely CGI Pogo to art, which is a very terrible yeah. dude in a costume Pogo. <laughs> hey, but you know what? It works. It works. All but right. We, we still have Zari's brother, I guess. Yeah, new Zari. I'm very Zario. interested to see what's up with that guy. A bing bong, that is a successful trade made. Now, I am popping in here. Fellas, I am going to be representing Legends of Tomorrow. With Pogo? With with the new... <laughs> with Legends of Tomorrow. With Pogo! With Pogo. Now, with Pogo. <laughs> All right, now... Hey, hold on. Greg and I are just sitting in our office of whatever show we work on. Just say, man, we should really get that Pogo guy. Yeah. I don't know if the phone's going to ring, but he's been such a hot commodity. People can't stop talking about Pogo the monkey. I hope the phone rings soon. So uh, I'm going to make a quick call. Lucifer office, please. Ahoy, hoy. Oh, ahoy, hoy. How are you doing? Ahoy, hoy to you. That's why I haven't heard your voice in ages. Someone's apparently never called the Lucifer office. They know our regular. It's me. Greg at the Lucifer office. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm doing great, man. How how have you been? Have you called to request a trade? I absolutely have. <laughs> I'm uh, wonderful. Uh, that is Lucifer's Ballywick. Uh, well, I'm here with the uh, Legends of Tomorrow crew, newly with Pogo. Oh wow, you have Pogo. We've heard. We do, and I would like to take Mr. Lucifer himself, Mr. Tom Ellis. Oh, okay. Wow. Listen, listen. The I, man who owns the old company, as it were. Yeah, well, listen. We called the show Lucifer. Yeah, here's the thing. You've you've developed a, a deep, deep crew. You've true. got a great... It's more of an ensemble at this point. That's true. People have been demanding the Chloe and Dan yeah. show for a long time. So I'm thinking, you know, just chuck that Lucifer guy over here, see what he can do. And listen, we elevate him back. And if, in a couple of years, you know, we, you've seen what we've done for Constantine. 
We can check him back right back. Maybe you'll even get back on network. I would say, uh, Taylor, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, I would say to do this, to trade Tom Ellis, we need Pogo. Yeah. Katie Lotz. Yeah. Brandon Routh. Yeah. Nate Haywood. Yeah. And that's just where we start. That's just, yeah, it's the beginning of the proceedings. All right. Uh, important question. Do you think he's buying this kind of like accent I'm doing? I think so, yeah. I yeah. think that you're killing it. I don't think he knows it's me. No, yeah, probably. Well, you did come in and say, I'm Greg. But oh, yeah, that was a mistake. Okay, but hold, hold on. I won't say that I'm Greg from now on. Let me handle this. Uh, uh, Taylor, are you there? Uh, yeah, that's me. Hey, on the telly, I see. Greg left, and we brought Tom Ellis in. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, oh I'm, this seems like this is going very well for me as a deal. Seems I'm being traded, perhaps. Is this oh, awkward? Reminds me of Vegas. Is this awkward to have him here in the negotiations? No, no, because I think he'll see how much we admire him and appreciate his worth. Don't be awkward when you're just looking at my devil face. And Tom Ellis, real quick. Uh, Tell me, Ryan, what is it you desire? Taylor fancies himself as sort of one of those like cops that wears a suit and solves crimes mm. with clues. What do we call him Detectives, again? Detectives, yeah, yes, that's right. of that's course. That's what he is. That reminds me of a long story about a detective I know as a way of summing up what's going on on Lucifer. So... Right. So I'd, wait, have I been called in because I'm? Did you, did you need to tell me something about my status on the show? Well, I mean, do you are you ready to move on? Because we're we were thinking about trading you for Pogo, Katie Lotz, Brandon Routh, and Nate Haywood. He's not worth one of those. Are you kidding me? I don't, I don't see as I should us? have to be here to listen to this. This is All right. quite dispiriting. Hey, hey Tom Ellis, go, go, go away. Go away. Uh, hey, you know I'm what? Bring Ella in walk, here. Walk, 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 walk. Bring bring Ella in. I'm changing the trade. We want Ella instead. Okay, so what 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 do you want to give us for Ella? Uh, you guys want a pogo? Pogo for Ella? Yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> all right. Yeah, pogo he, for Ella. He's a monkey. He wears a suit. Seems yeah. like an all right fella. Yeah, cr- crime solving monkey. He'll it just makes let sense. You, Don't overthink it. He'll let you do like whatever you want. He'll just look like kind of disappointed while you do it. And it's gonna I'm be, imprisoning these children. Oh, okay. It's gonna be awesome when uh, Chloe starts to move away from her love of Lucifer to her love of Pogo. Her love- <laughs> she just can't pick which uh, detective she likes. Well, bing bong, that's another successful trade. That wraps up another edition of Hot Stove Free Pogos. Now we move on to the main segment where we talk about the season finale of Legends of Tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Just thinking about tomorrow. Here's the way the cobwebs and the sorrow. Still there's none. Constantine and Fairy God Nora enlist Astra to help steal Ray's soul coin from Hell Green Gods. Meanwhile, the legends do that superhero trope where they use a magic book to build an amusement park and then have to pretend to be more famous superheroes to advertise for it. Hoping to spread the love for monsters and legends alike, they put on a Wild Bill-style stage show and underwhelm their audience until Drogon the... I mean, uh, Mitra the Dragon appears and kills Tabitha before we are able to figure out if we were vibing on her. The crew tricks Neron into killing Nate, but Zari sacrifices the last two years of her history and joins the whole cast in singing Nate back to life before fading out of their collected memories. Gentlemen, I ask you this. How cool is the Legends Dungeon Master that they get to do all this wacky shit? That's a good question. And it's not just that they get to do anything, right? They haven't set it up in such a way where they can do whatever they want. They've set it up in such a way where their range is... Very, like, it feels 
wide, but it still is specific. There's uh-huh. like there's legends types of things that they can do, even though they have a dragon and a group singing James Taylor all uh-huh. with, not in the same episode, but within the same three minutes. There's yeah. also a line in the middle of the episode where Constantine's like, "Oh, this is a problem that cannot be solved by singing." And the very next thing that happens is they solve yet another problem by singing. Yeah, and yeah. then the next line is like, "Wait, didn't we do this last yeah. year?" Like yeah. basically on the last season finale on the CW on Monday they night, they all joined hand and sang. The show, you know, I could see a lot of this stuff being totally unearned and therefore stupid, but having the context of watching this show, I really felt like the emotional This should not be the first episode you watch, for sure. No, this was the second episode of this show my roommate had watched, uh and he sat next, and it was a very revealing thing watching this show through his eyes, and he was just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> to be fair, though, the only TV show that your roommate likes are episodes of the Mamma Mia movie franchise. So it's hard for him to understand what's going Here on. Here we go again. But it, it was like, e- even he was like, this is, in, like, this is batshit and I like it. Yeah. Like, he, like, it was enough that he was able to get in. Well, because it's, it's pure positivity. Right. That's the thing is that, like, Preacher does this stuff, and we shit on Preacher a lot, or Happy does this yeah. stuff. Yeah. But with Legends, like, everyone's got a smile on their face, and they're moving towards something great. And, like, if you watch... I think you, you don't have to, like, be a fan of Legends to realize, like, the charismatic charm of all the individual pieces of the ensemble. Right. And so I think you love them a little bit, even if you just watch one episode. But yeah. having seen, like, two seasons worth of the show... I fucking care about all these people so much. That's it. We get the advantage of like when I was watching it with him, not having to explain to ourselves. Like I had to turn. It's like that's a puppet that's a possessed by a demon <laughs> that is also of one of their former crew members <laughs> but that came from another another dimension when they had a whole thing. Even if you didn't know all of that, you still if this was your first episode, you would see a a knife go through a sammy whammy, a sammy whammy, like one of those like sewn together pita sandwiches. And then uh, somebody would say, put this whammy up your dick, asshole. Yeah. And then it cuts to who said it, and it's a puppet. At that <laughs> point, you understand that like we're not going for The Wire or The Sopranos. Yeah. Right? Like, everyone's on the same page here. It's like, I get it. But they did, it seems like just by aging up the dragon, a de- like a device that's existed for three episodes, it did feel like they were going for the king, right? Like, specifically being like, Game of Thrones, you suck. Because that seems to be the thing this show likes to do, specifically point out usually other WB shows. Yeah, exactly. But in this case, like, I guess going straight for the throne. And honestly, it was a reminder that this season of Legends was better than this season of Game of Thrones. 100%. And, like, it was not a close thing either. And to throw shade in that way, but without doing anything other than just having a dragon. Like, and they are the the masters of throwing very light shade at yeah. things. Like in this episode, they even threw a little at themselves. They're like, oh, we should have done the crossover. We should have done the crossover. We should have done the crossover. And in this episode too, we have the light shade of throwing it at themselves of the first season because they get yeah. down to hell. And you guys didn't watch the first season at all, right? No. no. Nice job. That's part of the reason why you like the show so much. <laughs> uh, the big bad, and one yeah. of the reasons why the first season was so bad was Vandal Savage in hell playing Jenga and just he had he had gone from like this moody Netflix Marvel level villain in the first season to just this now legends what it's become has affected him yeah so he's all smiles and jokes he loves yeah. those groovy dudes uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, and like I love the fact that they just like folded in like everyone loves Brandon Routh uh-huh. like he's pancakes and we love him pancakes and, and no one can be angry at him <laughs> he invented a time travel game that's basically cards against humanities. He invented a song so that they would know what like the warning things are on the, the wave rider. 
he's just like he's a per- he's a perfect character, and all <laughs> of them work so well. And that's why I'm really bummed that Zari is gone. But she's not. She's gone. not Come right. On. Well, well, do you mean that because she went to Doom Patrol? <laughs> she got traded yeah, for yeah. Pogo the monkey. Well, so I, I feel like this isn't a spoiler because it's been like widely announced. But like the director of the show, like the showrunner, was like. The, the actress will be back in some capacity, but, like, the character of Zari that we know is, like, officially Oh, they're going to do a Charlie thing? I I think so. Oh, but that's the biggest, like, the biggest disaster of the last two seasons has been this Charlie thing. I, well, I don't know, because I do like Charlie better than I liked Amaya. Because Amaya didn't seem like she really got yeah. Legends the way that Modern Legends is. But Zari, I don't know why they're doing this thing with Zari, because I really liked Zari and she started to become the best part of the And crew. it was kind of weakly employed, right? It's not that she went down from the wave rider and wave runner and then like saved him. She was just one part of everybody saving him. Yeah. She could have just chilled. She, she did ha- the, the Burt Lancaster coming off the field to save the kid from choking on a hot dog from Field of Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like I feel like what they're going for is like Nate once again has lost a girlfriend to time-related shenanigans. <laughs> like, Which that dude cannot stay in his, a relationship. His next first date, when the girl asks, like, hey, tell me about your previous relationships, that's going to be weird to say. Like, that's a weird question for him to answer. Yeah. You know time travel shenanigans? Like, Twice. I, the thing that I kind of honestly hope will happen, I'm afraid it won't. I'm afraid that they're going to do, like, hey, one episode, we're going to see this Zari character again. Yeah. And then, bye. The thing that I hope happens is they bring back Zari as like a new character, like the actress, and now Nate also has to deal with like his two exes not being in love with him <laughs> on the team. If we're gonna play some sort of legend version of version of Mary Fuck Kill, where it's like uh, keep change kill, then it's keep Zari, and I I think that the yeah. director yeah. is having one with us. Like I think he's trying to make the the finale have more impact than it does. It's keep Zari, change Nora. Because yeah. she needs to become more legendary. Yes. And kill, I say just leave kill. her as the fairy godmother. Yeah, I think that, that works. With that, her attitude, but with great. that dress. Yeah. And then kill Mona. Those that those are the three. Yeah. Mona, I'm not as soured on as you guys are. She's still not. She's, I call her Mona Bologna. Oh. Yeah. She's, she's still the weakest part of this crew. Goodbye. But the moment when Gary tried to go into like a hug or a kiss and she was like, no. Yeah. That was anyone who denies Gary is great. That was a like her acting in those moments. I yeah. feel like it's great, and that I think that is the dynamic that I wish they had taken with her the whole season was Gary being into her and her just being like, "Oh no, 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 thank you." The thing that's sad about her is I think she's our stand-in. She's supposed to be us, and then she just fucking sucks. And it's like, wait, do we suck? Oh, I know she that is- I suck. <laughs> But she sucks like we do, like in, and we keep going back to this episode, but in the uh, ROM book con, uh, and she stands up and starts screaming at the authors because th- they're not delivering the art that she wants. Like, that is us. I yeah. see us. But also, that's one of your main characters who is now incredibly unlikable. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I get what they're going for, but it's just a bummer to watch. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to see that. And it's amazing that she could be such a downer on the show, and the show is still so amazing. Real quick, I want to talk about the Supergirl of it all. And I don't mean Katie Lotz's costume. I mean that, like, the whole messaging, you know, the whole how woke is the show. And Supergirl has this bar of, like, eh, fighting for good, but very obvious, sort of for kids. This, you know, has uh, monsters and Muslims in the same episode and is sort of saying, like, we treat these fictional characters sort of like we treat them, you know, in Zara's yeah. family. Um, and that was on the nose. That was Supergirl-esque. 
But what I really loved about this episode was um, villains do bad things, right? We have two. We've got Brandon Routh possessed and then Tabitha? Tabitha. Yeah. Tabitha in the taffeta. Um, Who, I don't know why the second someone's bad on one of these shows, they're so much hotter. But <laughs> yeah. Are you dude, that? I don't know. She's, <laughs> she's kind of hot this episode. You know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm with Greg on yeah. this. <laughs> Some serious vibes. Just her attitude and the way she carried herself. And then on the flip side, just when you thought pancakes couldn't, couldn't get hotter. Yeah, he is somehow because he's. Oh bad. my god! Yeah, but they're just doing evil things because that's what villains do. But I do like how there's a little bit uh, more of an explanation in that their whole job, their whole like plan is fear mongering. Yeah, and it's not just to be evil. Just like the mainstream media, it's so they can go do evil things. Yeah, you know, and I like that commentary of anybody who is fear. If you if there's something actually scary, then the good guys will handle it without telling us. But when people start making us scared of the bad things and not handling it, yeah. it's because they're doing something else that they don't want us to see. And yeah. I like that. Yeah. It, it, you're right that this episode was not um, – it, it was a little bit Supergirl heavy, like to the point where uh, there were there was a lot of people going through my living room while I was watching this episode. Uh-huh. Another person came through. They're like, oh, is that like a Trump thing? <laughs> but can't you say that at any time about any show? But I mean, yeah, yeah. Just imagine being on the you know the writing staff of this show. Like, all we do is bitch about Trump, so they must do that too. And they're like, yeah. you know, or what if they're all it in. what if they're all huge Trump fans and then they have to write <laughs> this instead? Well, if someone holds a gun to their head. They're like, you have to write the thing, and then they make legends. Is there a? Uh, I know that we're mainly men and didn't cry, but is there a dustiest moment of the week for you guys? Mine was definitely. Like that moment when Gideon was like, "Hey, we found a way that your family doesn't die," and yeah. like, like I, because I have connected with Zari over these two seasons, and that moment was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, like I, I think every time that they've gone to Zari's backstory, it like they really hit it well. Yeah, and this time I was like, "Oh fuck, I get it." I so everybody at home knows Taylor's wearing black Converse jeans and a red and black flannel, the official Zari outfit. So yeah. <laughs> For me, I think it was the moment where uh, Nate has been brought back to life by the James Taylor song, but like the effect that's changing is going to come for Sorry, and like, Oof. and he like realizes what's going on, and that he, mix of happy sad, and then it's something about the he's so sad, and they hug, and then suddenly she's changed to the guy version of her, and he just forgets that she even like existed. Yeah. So the like seeing the sadness totally go away, and then. It, the way it kind of recontextualizes their like march towards the camera at the end of it, like they think everything's fine and they just move on. It's like a Thanos snap just for one person, but everybody fucking forgets that person in totality. But we didn't. Yeah, we and still remember. I, for whatever reason, that I wouldn't have thought that, but that's what I would like emotionally connected to. I was like, oh shit, that's fucked up. Like they have just forgotten, and they are so happy to just move on. They've got boys, Ari, whoever the fuck that is, and they march like they are high stepping. Yeah, out of there. dude. Mine was, uh, I know that we have to sit, every season, every episode, we have to sit through so many, like, faux Mick Rory doesn't care, Uh just to, like, prove that he's tough, but when he sees Nate dead on the ground and, like, screams at Constantine, like, you bring him back right now! So now we get this moment of him actually caring. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I think one of the best moments was uh, when, uh, like, favorite, like, fun moments was when uh, everyone was, like, booing this... uh, production that they're putting on and Mick just shuts like you don't understand art <laughs> yeah and yeah that was another very meta commentary another one was the whole audience watching anything that isn't superheroes and yeah. saying we want superheroes which is the entire nation going to the movies right now also i hadn't 
I've been checked out for a few episodes since the show came back from its little like hi- hiatus or whatever. Who was that guy who was standing up in the audience? Monitor? And eating, and eating popcorn? He's the guy that pops up when they do the big events. Monitor ah. always pops up. Like he was in the, la- the last one. And so when so he shows up for- you watch you the watcher. Uh, yeah. For a second, you're supposed to be like, oh shit, they're going to do like some of the crossover nonsense. And then they cut back to him and he's just eating popcorn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just a head fake. They're, everybody's prepping for Crisis next season, right? Yeah. And the Flash, the finale of the Flash and the finale of Arrow had a huge conversation with that guy, the Monitor, gotcha. including an Arrow saying to he said to Ollie, like, "Yeah, you promised me that you'd come and fight and that you would die. And by the way, you are going to die." And then he has to like high five Felicity and go. <laughs> but for Legends, he's in the audience eating popcorn, just watching the show, and that's yeah. all we're gonna Fuck. do with it. Oh, I'm I now I'm upset that I didn't watch uh, Arrow and yeah. Flash just so that I didn't get that. Because that, that was, when it cut to him eating popcorn, I, even though I didn't know who he was, yeah. that moment still played. Yeah, just his like, grim countenance and the yeah. way he like <laughs> And this is also confusing, but he's also the little boy from Iron Man 3. So, oh, that yeah. makes sense. All right, we are out of time to discuss Legends, but going around the horn, you guys excited for next season? This is a dumb question, but Ryan? Yeah, I'm definitely excited and... Uh, this episode, I think we this show, our podcast has been like just been on a Doom Patrol wave. Like yeah. they own this show. And Legends has been a little plot heavy, a little less like magical this season. This episode like brought it right back to the top for me. Yeah. Uh next they already teased next season is gonna be Astra and like releasing history's greatest monsters. Oh yeah. So, so Legends, Manson, Legends, Genghis Khan. Yeah. Uh, this year was all uh, like, you know, the the crazy magic creatures next year is all indisputably bad people too so they're not gonna do the same thing where it's like maybe we should love the monsters that we're fighting nobody should love charles manson or joseph stalin 21 million people guys if they if they go that route i will have to disown legends (laughs) and one of them was bloody mary yeah i want to see legends take on that queen well uh i didn't go back and look but the person i was watching it with was like did that say Jason Voorhees on one of those? <laughs> Which, if they're if they're doing twenty that million shit, people, guys, I am so excited. That's so, right. Yeah, I am very excited for next season, and Legends will return next fall. Now we'll move on to the pull list where we talk about every other show that we watch. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watch this week. Let's get. Into it, my bros! Kick Match that energy. Kick it off! We got iZombie! On this week's iZombie, while investigating the deaths of Gulliver and Nancy, the dynamic duo of Seattle's winning dance team, Liv and Ravi, go undercover as dance partners to size up the other contestants, a.k.a. the prime suspects. Taste buds, I ask you this. Which of us three needs to eat dancer brain the most, and who needs it the least? Oh, well, I mean, Taylor is on record as our best dancer. Ever, yeah, right? but I also but like, does that hurt your feelings? Are you cool with that? Yeah, well, I've learned to adjust. This heavily it's depends on your definition of need, because I feel like as far as like if we're talking about person who dances the most already, I don't need it. Yeah. If we're talking about person who really desperately wants to eat dancer brain the most, I think it's me. Oh, so this, okay. is, this is a max men situation. Yeah. Should we give it to Taylor? So he will like. Yeah, because superstar. Yeah, that way somebody in the party has to do the dancing. Because if we'll I have eat the all dancer brain, now I'm as good as Taylor. Yeah, like, I'm pretty far down there. And how long does it last for in these shows when they eat the brain? Forty eight hours. Yeah, or it depends on the the strength of the brain, right? Like, because like some of them you <laughs> just have everything. like yeah, because some of them are just like I'll get like low grade flashbacks for like a week, and some of them are like 
I'm going to be real into this for like six hours. And then does she keep the brain so that she can eat a little bit of it later? Like if she if she needs to be a dancer again, does she just like hang on to a little bit of the dancer brain? They've never done that in the show. Have they like addressed like... They should probably start doing that because they're running out of ideas, but no, yeah. not yet. Like how many different types of people are there? Right. I yeah. watched it once. She was a, a, a like a very fervent sports fan. So she now she's the one a, type of fan. Yeah, she's, yeah. Been, she's been a dancer now. That's... I... Your description of this episode makes me upset that I didn't watch. I like why am I not watching more iZombie? Cuz that's the thing that has always brought me back. You used to love this show. You thought it was like the best show. How close is it to like that standard? It's I mean it's still up there. It's definitely past its peak. Yeah. Uh, I sell and I just on keep running season. out of time. Yeah. Running out of time? Yes. I like I I I'm speaking, trying to get to it. Speaking oh, of running yeah. out of time. Moment of the week? Nope. Cool. <laughs> Your next show this week is Sabrina. This week on Sabrina, everyone is trying to adjust to the fact that Sabrina is just straight up witch Jesus now and can resurrect people from the dead and do full-on miracles without casting spells. And Sabrina decides to use that power to get Ambrose out of execution, start a cult, and try to throw a witch coming out party before being interrupted by Harvey and Theo, who have discovered a mind shrine that reveals Sabrina is the harbinger of hell. Taste buds, I ask you this. Why did the first half of this season even take place if they were sitting on all this gold? So doesn't have to cast spells anymore. No, like the whole thing is Sabrina has now can just like fully resurrect people and like her aunt uh, Hilda is just like, hey, magic has a cost and you're racking up a huge karmic debt, I think is the word she says. Uh-huh. And Sabrina's like, no, I think I'm totally fine. I think I figured it out. I think I found a loophole. Even though everyone tells her this is too much magic. Yeah, like she's fully just like, and I, I feel like they're leaning into like she is like actually somehow because she's half mortal leaning into like she's doing like water into wine resurrecting like it's almost explicit she's doing Jesus miracles. Uh-huh. Now. Is that pissing people off in the neighborhood? Oh yeah, everyone's like, uh, you turned all of like our pipes are corroded now because they weren't designed for this. They weren't designed for wine flowing wine everywhere. Yeah, it's very acidic, and now it's rusted through our very nice copper pipes. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but Jesus Jesus would turn some water into some wine. Yeah, yeah he didn't do like water. She's doing it everywhere. Is this a commentary on how when we were Sabrina's age, we would all get credit cards and then just pretend it was free money, not knowing that like the payment was coming soon? <laughs> Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. the, she's she's racking up something horrible that's going to follow her forever and yeah. is like a bum deal. So, yeah, it's exactly like that. The main thrust of these episodes now is Sabrina doing things and everyone else in the show going, Sabrina, you shouldn't be doing this. Are we and doing, she's going, eh, it's fine. Are we doing a Legion thing where like, I th- season three, she's the bad guy? The baddie? I think so because there's no, like, she's not, at this point, I don't think she's a likable character. Like, it, it's almost doing it overtly where she's like, according to my father's teachings, I am actually the way and the truth and that we should all be like me. And everyone's like, hey, like, you're kind of a dick and you're just, like, flying off the handle. And, like, now at the end of this episode was they found this, like, shrine that's in the old mines and it shows her, like, as, like, she is the harbinger of hell. Like, uh-huh. she's bringing hell on Earth. Man, they like, got oh, some fuck. fucking tricked-out minds in that town. They really I do. don't know why anybody goes in there. Yeah, they're just, like, it's a whole bunch of traps. Uh, this episode, there was a woman who's, like, been there for hundreds of years and is just, like, a weird, scary white lady, and she just, like, attacks everyone. She just calls the cops as soon as you show up. And also, earlier in the season, didn't we see, like, a giant Satan, like, showering and putting on deodorant? Like, yeah. the minds are dangerous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
the the two moments of the week that I have one a gross one and one uh, a, a very funny one. The gross one was uh, Lilith uh, is like upset and she's making like her herself a golem, so she pulls her own rib out and stuffs it into a straw man, uh, and that was disgusting and crazy. But so the, she's down too. Yeah, but the number one moment of the week was uh, there is a full like minute and a half to two minute scene where Harvey just explains to Sabrina the entirety of the Dark Phoenix saga from the com- <laughs> from comic books where he's like you were just like Jean Grey when she became the Dark Phoenix and Sabrina's like what is that he's like well th- there's this thing called the Phoenix Force and he like explains the whole thing and like they just sit on it and it's a whole scene doesn't like- something like kind of like that happen in the Assassin Academy or whatever it's called not yeah. Umbrella Academy but uh, the other Deadly one. Class yeah yeah he yeah. just like explains the whole plot of a comic book. He's like, "Wait, you don't like this comic book? That's crazy because here's all of the things that happen to it." <laughs> yeah, it was just to say Harvey explained the entirety of like from beginning to end, and he's like, "And that's like you." <laughs> uh, Sabrina is on Netflix all the time, but we're watching it week by week. Your next show this week is Lucifer. On the third episode of Netflix's Lucifer, Lucifer realizes that Chloe has betrayed him and tries to catch her in the act. Dan and Maze fight a street gang. And the evil priest realizes that Chloe is not Lucifer's first love. No, there is another. Taste buds, what are we discussing? The betrayal, the street gang, or the other love? The other love. Take me right to other love. Give me an other love. This person has not oh. been spoken of before, right? No, this is it. This is uh, her introduction. And so the priest... Pre-detective. The, re- the priest realizes that, oh, there is another. And then we cut to a girl walking into Lux uh, with her hair. She's wearing a white dress, but her hair is... Perfectly covering her boobies if she were to be naked. Noise. And she goes to the bar and orders an apple teeny. Uh-oh, they didn't. So I, I sort of like this idea, though, that not like he became a snake because he was a dick, but he was in love with Eve and wanted to break up that relationship. <laughs> that is very, like, that's a very this world's Lucifer For thing sure, to do. yeah. I, I like that characterization. Like, was this a good, ep- like, are you excited for this plot line? For sure, yeah, because we are sort of... And it was definitely Eve and not Steve. I've had this question. No, it was definitely Eve. Okay. And, and yeah, there was no Steve. Eh. Um, oh, well. There's been a couple Steves in the show, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But And what we could be doing is in Adam, we want Steve and Eve, not Adam and Eve. Uh-huh. So that's what we could be doing right now. But uh, she, it was a great episode because the evil priest thing is sort of running out of steam. We need a new character. And I like what they're doing with her, which is sort of, um, she's a woo girl, you know? Like, she is the, the girl <laughs> who, like, she's not super bright. She uses bright. double guns a lot. Yeah, she, she, goes, she goes to bars and orders a bunch of shots for anyone who wants one. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I don't know if it's offensive, because I don't know what is offensive to Bible people. Uh-huh. But probably that. Probably that exact thing. She's yeah. a smoke show. But you know what? Those people aren't watching this show. I yeah. guarantee it. Yeah, if you are a Bible person and you've like tuned into Lucifer on Netflix, you've gone out of your way to but watch this. This is this is a bridge too far. <laughs> the I sanctity was, of Eve. I was fine with the devils fighting crime, but now, no thank you. And I guess they kind of already give Eve a, a bad rap. It's classic yeah. TV though, because Chloe is now trying to make amends to Lucifer. Amends and now deal. we we bring in uh <laughs> A new love for her, for him to like start to ignore Chloe now. That does sound like the exact thing the show needs. Because yeah. it had kind of run out of gas. He just like follows her around, fawning after her. Do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is uh, Dan is so mad at Lucifer, and it's because you know he killed his love, but also uh, he keeps playing these pranks. And one of the pranks <laughs> Lucifer pulls this week is <laughs> it's a good second reason. Uh, Dan's in the corner screaming at his phone, "Stop calling me!" And we're angry, Dan now. Like he's angry and crazy and on a death wish. 
He's screaming at the phone, stop calling me. But it's because uh, Lucifer put up a flyer that says, do you have the perfect Chewbacca impression? Oh, yeah. Call this number with Dan's phone number. And so he gets all day. I can't do one. I don't know if you guys have a good one. That's a classic prank. <laughs> nope. That can't do it. No. Just, 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 no, Am I doing it? <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Oh, thank you. Uh, Lucifer is on Netflix all the time. We're watching Chewbacca. it. Week by, week by week. Your next show this week is Happy. According to my best bud, Anonymous, from IMDB, this week, Amanda's blessed day arrives. Sax and Amanda will have to play Smoothie's game to get to Haley. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Will we ever understand what's going on with Happy Ever Again? No, I don't, I don't give a so. shit. I don't care. I know that, but we all we know those characters, right? Yeah. According to, uh, to Anonymous, it's like Amanda. Yeah. We remember her, right? Of course. And then there's Sax. I remember him and uh-huh. Amanda again. And then Smoothie. That was the awful torture guy. See, this yeah. uh, for me, honestly, I'm glad I don't watch this show. It's clearly centered around now this fucking smoothie character. Yeah, and, I don't and that's like everything that. I hated about this don't show. Don't want it. Yeah, that's the guy. He was on Lost and Mad Men. Yeah, that yeah, guy, yeah. And he just looks creepy. Just and so born to be creepy. His yeah. entire yeah. career is just going to be born to be. To me, though, he, he'll always be the guy from Mulholland Drive. <laughs> that's yeah. like that's his role forever because that's had like such long internet legs. But probably never going to have like his own CBS sitcom. Like no, he's got that face and demeanor. Not. He can't even be the less attractive friend. He has to be the torture guy with no dick. Happy is on Sci-Fi Channel on Wednesday night. Your next show this week is Cloak and Dagger. This week on Cloak and Dagger. Look at me, I'm Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> Tandy goes into Tyrone's Cloak World, and instead of being a record store because he's not a girl, it's an, <laughs> it's an 80s style beat 'em up video game because Tyrone is a boy born decades after the 80s. <laughs> Taste buds, I ask you this. Is there a better form of storytelling in video games than those side-scrolling beat-em-ups? No, absolutely not. That is the peak of storytelling. You can't get better than that. Those are some of the most problematic video games. It would bounce back and forth between like a really good recreation of them moving down the street, and the thugs come at them, and uh-huh. you need some health, you beat up a can, and then there's a turkey, a fully cut yeah. turkey underneath. Are yeah. you a bad enough dude to save the president? And, <laughs> and then... <laughs> I never was. I was never bad enough to save the president. I'm sorry. The question in this video game they were playing was, you just got bitten by radioactive cancer. Now what do you do? <laughs> uh, but radioactive like, cancer is the worst kind of cancer. Tandy the whole time is like, what is going on? And then when she would say that, they would be in an actual alleyway, walking side-scrolling, <laughs> fighting real guys. You know what I like about it? I like them doing it for a Marvel property because a lot of the games that I played were the Maximum Marvel properties. Carnage. Yeah, like I was a big Maximum Carnage guy. So, like, it, it feels right for that, you know, Because, but they also had the X-Men game. The Punisher uh, and Nick Fury teamed up for a beat-em-up side For a beat-em-up game, yeah, where you'd, like, sh- you'd sometimes get an Uzi and shoot. The rest of the time, you'd just be, like, punching cans. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's, there's <laughs> a barcade down the street from my apartment, and I went there with some friends, and we spent... Like $40 just playing the X-Men side-scrolling battle uh-huh. game. <laughs> so, I don't have a Chewbacca, but I do have, if you hit the mutant power on Colossus, I can do that one. We'll do it right now. <laughs> Fuck, that's really good. Doesn't what, Didn't Wolverine do Berserker Barrage? Yep, that was it. Berserker Barrage. And so did Storm for some reason. Yeah. What are you doing, Storm? There's a lot. Listen, they like to do Berserker Barrages. <laughs> you can't just give that to one guy. Uh, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, it's Tandy, and it's easy to like talk shit on these games while you're recreating them, but her like complete frustration is like, it's not just what's going on, but 
why are they all wearing the same exact clothes? Like, why do they come one at a time? He just beat that guy up seven she, times. She had no idea what was going on, and it wasn't because she's not used to weird things. It's just like having never played one of those games before. Like, this is if this was like I don't know a Zelda game, I would get it and I would be able to participate. But this is fucking stupid. Who would do this? The very particular logic of those games. Like, you can move forward now. Now you have to stop and just wait for waves of enemies to come. Yep. Now you picked up a board and you can whack somebody with it. Or imagine, yeah, walk going down to go across the street. Or, like, going up to go to the other <laughs> side of the street. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is on Hulu or Freeform, which is still a network. Your next show this week is The Tick. This week on The Tick, Arthur and The Tick have their hands full as they must work on Lobsterculees' case, care for her hungry children, and pass their surprise Aegis home evaluation. On top of this... Arthur has to play therapist to Superion and talk a strong hand in demanding that Superion go rescue that annoying TV personality from the jungles of Guatemala. Also, Walter is really John Woo, sent by Aegis to protect Dot and Arthur before he ended up falling in love with their mom, Joan. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Now that the ticket is well and truly canceled, what would you think about, think about a Superion midlife crisis spinoff? Do it. I've been Make saying, it, print it, cut it. I've been saying for weeks, in a show that I really like, it is my favorite part. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it becomes the foreground, if it sticks, but uh, I love everything they're doing with it. You were the first person that said that, and I, I had enjoyed it. it. This episode was when it, it firmly, for me, moved into like, no, this is the best thing this show is doing. Right. Because, first of all, it's funny. They get a lot of humor out of it. But it, it shows you... This is a fucking creepy idea. Like, this guy's unkillable, and obviously he is teetering, and he's about to move in one very strong direction or the other. And the fact that Arthur, who is so mealy-mouthed with everybody and always so afraid to stand up for himself, is the only one who's like, no, get your shit together. And you can tell Superior at first is like, I'm not, I'm not going to do what you say. I'm, I could kill you. But he's firm with him, and someone needs to set some boundaries for Superion. We think that, like, because we have the Clark Kent story, and then we have the Red Sun story. Yeah. Well, there's a movie that's coming out this week that is... Brightburn. Brightburn. And we think that's the worst one. But those are villains, and then we all just focus on them and put them down. What's scarier is the unpredictability of the midlife crisis, uh, doesn't shave every day guy, and we don't know what he's going to think or do next. Superman's timeline is basically infinite. He will live forever. What would you end up doing if you just live forever? I mean, if he just has one really bad 500-year period, yeah. how long before he's just like, we're going to start Earth over again, and I'll be in charge of it. I'll just stop the planet briefly. Everybody will fly off of it. It's inevitable, right? <laughs> yeah. like it, Eventually, if you live forever, and you're that much more powerful than all the people around you, you will go through one of these crises. Yeah. I mean, that was the entire like summary of Dr. Manhattan's like character in The Watchmen was like, when you're that powerful and you're going to live forever, like, who gives a shit? I'm yeah. going to fuck off to Mars and I'll make my own planet. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> make my own crystal castle and have my dick out all the time. Yeah. The thing that I always think about is that there's an anthill in your backyard and you want it removed. And so you kill an entire society because it's sort of annoying. That is what they're doing, except we're that society. <laughs> I'm <laughs> against it. Yeah. I, that is a great storyline. And also it gives us moments where artists like, did you threaten this man? <laughs> yeah. That scene was incredible when he when superior actually goes to guatemala and gets like i think of him as a jim robe type but it's like a ben yeah. shapiro type or something i don't know uh a journalist and the journalist looks shook because he's just been flying at like a million miles an hour yeah and obviously superior has threatened him and they're like the whole dynamic between the three of them arthur being like are you okay sir and superior being like 
tell him you're okay. And the guy being so clearly not okay, but being like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine. I'm and Arthur being like, all right, did you threaten this man, Superior? He's like, go for a walk. Go like, for on, a walk. On, like, so what, on my feet? Yeah, <laughs> on my feet. Just walk on the ground? He's so shocked by that idea. Uh, well, fellas, unfortunately, we're running out of time, so we got to do moments of the week. Ryan? My moment of the week is Superior has this idea where he's going to like collect all the nukes and like toss them into the air. Yeah. Which is the plot of Superman 4, a quest the quest for peace. And we're about to talk about Supergirl, which the title of this episode was The Quest for Peace. Guy, taste buds ask you this. Is the quest for peace stock rising? Like are we about to go through a quest for peace essence? I hope not. <laughs> have you guys ever, it's one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Even as a kid, I knew this is garbage. Yeah. They have it's been a check- movie that I watch and enjoy. They have been particularly though, they've been checking off all the Superman yeah. movie boxes. They they did when he flew around with this guy when he flew him to Guatemala. Right. He did the what is it, Sissy Spacek? Uh Margot like, Kidder like uh Poem, uh, yeah, R. like this sort of like spoken song she sings. But he says it to himself, and then he 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 floated the idea of like uh, going back in time by obviously spinning the planet around the wrong way, which he does in Superman two, right? That's so, the first one that he does that in uh, Superman one. Uh, oh, okay. But I really like the idea Good that correction. Zack Snyder is watching this, saying like he's going to get to my movies, and no, just no. just do the Richard Donner, just do the old. He's one. just going to start screaming, "Who's Martha?" <laughs> Uh, the tick is on Amazon Prime, and now it's canceled, which is sad. But you I can't believe it. I man, it's hard for me to believe it. It's still a sad loss. Your next show this week is Supergirl. This week on Supergirl, Lex has framed himself as a hero for stopping the Cosnian invasion, but Kara recovers her evidence against Lex from Brainy and publicly exposes him. Ben and James remove the Har and L from each other, casting costing James an eye. Kara fights Lex in their respective suits. Red Daughter sacrifices herself to save Kara and fuses with her. Using her newfound powers, Kara destroys the Lexo suit and he escapes by teleporting away. Lena ambushes Lex and removes the Haranel from him before shooting him. Lex reveals Kara is Supergirl before dying, embittering Lena. Ben and Baker are arrested and the new president reinitiates the Alien Amnesty Act. Eve tries to escape, but is intercepted by a representative of Leviathan, who refuses to let her go despite Lex's failure. You watch this episode closely. It's a big fucking episode. There's a lot of stuff going down. The Monitor releases John's brother on Earth and then finds Lex's corpse. Taste buds, I ask you this. Seems like a lot of stuff happened on Supergirl. And And that it checked a lot of really big Superman boxes. Yeah. It's interesting. It it seems to run through the history of Superman and do all the, the Superman things. Is that because I'm not aware of Supergirl? plot lines it could hit so uh, i don't notice them when they happen or and also they're not either like, yeah because it, it d- doesn't she specifically the same way superior is running through the superman movie checklist she moves through the superman like story arc from the comics yeah it seems like they were like we made a supergirl show but no one's doing superman right now so like let's just let's take from the like i feel like they're probably mixing up uh-huh some as well like i'm not familiar with superman or supergirl it's just the whole fact that the main villain is lex luther right uh, yeah, it seems and like... And the Red Sun plotline. And even the fusing, like the Red Sun dying and she fuses with that person. That reminds me so much of after Superman died and he had the different personalities or the other time he turned into red and blue Superman. I think it's a good idea, though, because I don't think that they're just doing Superman in a skirt and then just retelling the same stories. I think that they're uh, doing those stories if it was Kara. Yeah, they're and riffing so, on yeah. him. Yeah, if you have a problem with Clark or Yo, Superman... she'll solve it. <laughs> and uh, you think that he is boring, and I get that. Uh, Kara isn't, you know, Kara like makes decisions and struggles with stuff. And so I bet these, she's adding a lot to these, you know, like 
these legendary myths that yeah. deserve to yeah. be retold according to DC. Well, Supergirl is on the CW and it will return next fall. Your next show this week is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. On this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fitz and Enoch are busted in space and are probably going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sarge, played by Phil Coulson, and his gang of alien bank robbers start to fuck up the world and give S.H.I.E.L.D. a run for their money. Taste Buds, I ask you this. When the star of a show quote-unquote dies, what's the average amount of episodes before they're totally back? Yeah, now is he back as another character or like yes. someone? Who- and it <laughs> happened at the end of the season premiere. Okay, <laughs> so he wasn't even off for a full episode. Yeah, this is the same thing that Legends did when they killed one Charlie and brought in just yeah. another one. I guess it's a nice thing to do for the person, and so like I'm glad. The, it always the story always suffers because of it, though, because that's like a really weird thing to have happen. Well, the first thing you think is that all of the stuff that we went through about Phil Coulson dying. Like that was that was bullshit. Like he he's sort of back now, and he will be fully back soon. And it would have been his second death, right? Or it is his second death? Yeah, because the first one happened in a movie. Yeah. And then the other thing is because you did that to me, and this is for not just for Shield, but all of pop culture. The next time somebody dies, I'm gonna remember and not give a fuck at all. Yeah. You know, I, I think the place we're at with character deaths in comic books, comic book shows, properties, uh, comic book movies is you have to take each death on its own terms and pretend like you don't know that it's very, very temporary. Instead, think of it as very, very necessary and just feel what it would be like if this... It's almost like a what-if comic. What if this really happened? How bad would it be? And you know the person's coming back, but you just... You let yourself feel it. I think that the storyline that we have from then is how May dealt with it. You know, what did May go through then? What is she going through now? Now that her true love is walking around as a villain, that that stuff all checks out and is still in the world. So at least we have that, as opposed to the just the the event, the death event, which yeah. is not worth anything anymore. Yeah, it's ever since the death of Superman, we've we've all been like, this doesn't matter anymore. But, and he came back as Supergirl, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can't, but can you? Do you agree that there is another way you can look at it where you do just treat it as real in the moment? And yeah. Because like the characters in the book, even though they should know, or the characters on the show, even though they should know Phil Coulson's coming back. Phil Collins. They don't. Uh, and so, I don't know. Yeah, the characters believe it's real, and so we get to watch them process it. And yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, that is a better way. Of so in the it. same way that we like knew after the snap, spoilers, that yeah. all the dudes were going to come back. It's still in that moment, you know, when you yeah. don't know that. If you can kind of suspend disbelief. And then Ed Game did its due diligence by showing so much of the broken world. You felt it. Before they came back. Yeah. Instead of just bringing them back right away. I it wasn't it. five weeks later, Ryan. Yeah. Right. It was five years later. And then when they come back, it's earned. I saw five, and then it paused, and then I just went to the bathroom. So I have, I have no idea how many fives it was. Well, do I know you, it was five. Do you have a moment of the week? Yes. Uh, Phil Coulson or Sarge and his gang, they're doing a really good job of being badass because it's like sort of satirical 90s Arnold from T2 badassery. Oh, nice. They're not doing the, like in Cloak and Dagger, the cop friend also has a badass running around. That's do- been done very poorly. But this I really like because they just pull sunglasses off of anybody walking by and wear <laughs> them, no matter how many sunglasses they're already wearing. Um, but their big tool, their big gun is for some reason I love this in pop culture is it makes holes. And so you like, you throw a hole on the wall and it goes to somewhere else. Oh yeah, dude. And it's done in cartoons and in sci-fi. And I think it's such an awesome tool. It's a little cheaty, but still rad. There's a, there's a D and D item like that. Just make a hole, dude. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love to make a hole. 
uh, Ace of Shield <laughs> is on ABC, which is like, what? That's crazy. No way. That's did you misread that? Oh, no, it's it's on there. Do you mean the Serbia? <laughs> talking nope. about the Connors, Agents of Connors, Agents of Connors. Uh, your next and final show this week is Doom Patrol. This week on Doom Patrol, we discover that Mister Nobody's villainous origin is getting dumped because he was too doofy for the Brotherhood of Evil, which everyone finds very sad. The Doom Patrol finds Beard Hunter, who is living on Danny the Street, and Danny points them to Niles' location in the White Space, a place outside and in between the confines of the story, which they can access with the help of Flex Mentallo when he isn't flexing the wrong muscle and making everyone on the street come <laughs> together. Right now, over me. Once the post-coital patrol arrives in the White Space, having confronted their own shittiness, they decide not to fight Mr. Nobody, who decides to instead torture them by groundhog daying them into dying over and over until Niles finally reveals the truth. He caused all of their accidents. Taste Buds, I ask you this. In a show as goofy and weird as Doom Patrol, how well has it pulled off the emotional arcs of its main players, and did their acceptance of their flaws in this episode land for you? My God. I know that we talked about Legends and like how it's sort of back and maybe comparable to Doom Patrol. This episode was stellar for... Yeah, the answer is yes. yes. Like We've been talking about this all season, and so has Mr. Nobody, yeah. about how it's a bullshit character piece that nobody wants or yeah. cares about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my God, has it been amazing. And so it, la- it stuck the landing of everything it tried in this episode. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It was probably as good as like the first two episodes of Doom Patrol, which even the, the best other episodes since then have kind of fallen short of that. And it's because it's like, this is the real deal. And I think yeah. probably all seasons of Doom Patrol are going to be this way, where there's a couple at the beginning of the season and a couple at the end of the season where all like the real meat of the story is happening. And then it's just kind of wacky, picaresque adventures in the meantime. Um, but everybody like getting put into their theoretical like heaven matrix, like the, their, their best version of themselves, and getting to go back and undo everything and watching each one of them simultaneously make the decision to like reject that not being Joe Pantoliano, like not wanting that stake. Yeah. Going back in. Yeah. Being like, no, I accept because what it is, is they each have to say, I accept the totally fucked up stuff I did. And if I were to go back to this life that I had before, I would just fuck it up again. So I might as well be the person who's grown from all the mistakes I made and cleave to my new family and fight for them. And that cut against, and by the way, the like dad of that family potentially is a really bad guy who like was like fucking them because he says he caused the accident that made them all so that means he's like mr glass or whatever from the world famous glass universe but i i feel like what they're setting up is because it wasn't just yeah we're shitty people and we're gonna fuck it up again but they explicitly say like we already fucked things up like this like single accident wasn't the thing that like ruined my life or anything yeah i was already a shitty person and like this didn't affect that, and now I'm better. So I feel like that's like it, it is a bummer to find out that your dad is the person who like killed your mom uh-huh. in Cyborg's case. But uh, I do think that they set it up very well for them to be like, eh, all right, fine. Well, and, like whatever. I mean, yeah, and uh, that makes it so relate uh, more relatable because heroes that we like, it's always like, no, be like us because we punch real hard. And this is so relatable because being a hero means, like, growing, Uh right? Yeah. And then also having a fucked up dad. Like, those (laughs) are the two things that it takes. Yeah. And, like, even with all, like, it still did the Doom Patrol. We're going to have everyone on this street all all have an orgasm at the same time. But, like, it can do that and then hit you hard with, like, 
real pathos in the next scene and it all works they had the most movie-ish orgasms of all <laughs> oh, time yeah you never see someone on a show who just has one of those orgasms or just like yay like <laughs> yeah. it's always like ooh, like rubbing the hair <laughs> yeah crazy jane went from like grabbing her crotch as if she was kicked in it right and like bending over too as if she was a sh- in a shampoo commercial uh-huh. like uh, mixing her hair up <laughs> But it, they did do that thing, Taylor, that you're talking about. Uh, I think this is going to be sort of like a serious Doom Patrol episode, but we have a wacky quota to get to, so yeah. let's do it in this scene. And it, I think it's successful. Like, they knocked they it out really of the park. They really did like, it. Oh, like yeah, for scene. sure. It is an effective scene. Yeah. And I feel like this episode was also just like an effective overall episode. It, like, going by the roommate test, my roommate also watched this, and this was the first episode of Doom Patrol he watched, and he was like, that was really dope. And yeah. like, we had an in-depth discussion about like Mr. Nobody as a character. And he was like, wait, so like, how is he? Where is he? I want to watch the rest of the show. Yeah. And, like, the quality seeps out of e- like even brief scenes of this show, even shots of it. Like it is such a cut above the rest of this stuff. And it like, I think you could show almost any episode to any person because the fact that it's so crazy is like baked into it. Like right. uh, you're supposed to not understand what's going on some of the times. But to, the other thing too, Greg, and you could probably speak more to this because it's as much Grant Morrison as the showrunners. Uh-huh. But how they dealt with the white space, this incredibly meta thing that comic books love doing. Yeah. If that's in Deadpool, we get ten minutes of like celebrate us because yeah. we thought of this thing. And here it's really just like matter of fact dealt with and we're going to move on. Yeah. And not like, aren't we the most creative? Don't you love what we did? And because they've already been setting that up, I feel like the entire season. Yeah, just by having him appear there. Yeah. And also like the fact that like his whole thing is he is addressing like the cuts of the show. Yeah. So like he does exist in between like what we see. And we're not even sure if like they like those characters exist outside of what we see. Uh Uh-huh. Like the show's doing weird, crazy shit that is... Awesome and interesting to think about, in addition to being fun to watch. The Doom Patrol comic, it, the way in which the show totally captures it, is it's all about like what's real and what's not real. And I feel like the show is like a step even above that, which is that I think that they're going to do the like, they're obviously they're fictional characters. Like they they, ha- they encounter a character who is aware of our universe, yeah, and like like sees into it. And in like the the next season, if he's still around, he's going to comment on the reception of the show. And I, if you said that to me, I think I would say that it, that that's a shitty idea, but it pulls it off so effectively in part because Alan Tudyk is just like, could probably do anything. Right. Was it painful for you guys to see him as Morden, the, the actual Mr. Nobody? Oh man, that was such a bummer. <laughs> he is such a cuck. That's <laughs> just an absolute limp he's dick. The prototypical cuck. Yeah. All but, the way. But I mean, does that take anything away though, that it's all because he was rejected or does that add to it? Because... That's most of the reason that the world is bad uh-huh. is because people got dumped and c- couldn't handle it. Yeah, I think that's great because he's like, they do make fun of him. They're like, you're trying to be so original. Uh-huh. Just, just admit, you got dumped. It's fine. His his plots have been pretty original, though. I mean... He does have very... that. It's weird they got stuck in the one where it's just a big robot because that's like his worst work. It's when he like sends in the butt balloon with the weird jukebox that makes oh, people man. go crazy. I love that butt balloon. Yeah. Real quick, I... Uh, this Groundhog Day thing, we have been getting a lot of lately. And Doom Patrol does that thing where, like, anytime it does something, it's sort of better than anything else. But, like, are we done with this? Are we done with watching the, the, like, the idea, the very fresh original idea of watching the same thing over and over again? Are you guys tiring on that? I am so tired of it. I this am. was at least brief. Yes. But <laughs> I think that's the, the only time I will ever even allow you to do this anymore is if you make it, like... Y- 
I, I'm, d- I'm especially done with full episodes that are this. Uh-huh. Don't do it anymore. Like, have it be 10 minutes, and then we'll do something else. And they did it in such a way where they probably shot way less than any other episode, because they just remixed the same footage yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Like, but they made you watch it three, like, full times before they were like, do you see what we're doing? That's the thing, though. Yeah, We do know, because it's so tropey now. Like, yeah. we get it. Just put Groundhog Day right. on the screen, and then, yeah. like, I'll do a quick one myself, and then just, like, always get to the new parts. Yeah. All right. Moments of the week. Ryan? Um, I I hate to have it come from the orgasm scene, but Cliff, Robot Man, not understanding what's going on because he, there's nothing yeah. like, uh, real or about him anymore. And so he does catch on and then starts faking orgasms to fit in is one of the saddest, funniest Aww. things and I've And totally ever seen. gets called on it oh, yeah. by yeah. Crazy Jane. And it, yeah, it, like Crazy Jane's not going to lose an opportunity to make fun of him in front of everybody. Uh, for me, it's uh, when Flex Montalo figures, hears that Dorothy, his wife, died. Uh, he wants to hug Danny the street, and so the the way he does that is he hugs like an inflatable like car salesman <laughs> arm thing, and the way he just holds on t- <laughs> to uh, that and that hugs so it so nice. tenderly is very nice. Uh, my moment of the week was specifically the song choice for the coming scene uh-huh. because now it has replaced uh, the Disney Channel original movie Under Wraps as the only reference that I think of when I hear it all by myself now. <laughs> Speaking of under wraps, how about Matt Bomer in this episode? <laughs> God damn it. Fuck. I, we almost made it. We, oh, I we was, got right to the end. I was very happy with you. You were just about episode. to turn the corner to the creek of the exit. Oh, I was having a great day. All right. That is all the time we have for this show. Next week, we've got the Doom Patrol finale. Woo! I'm the so fin- excited and sad. Patrol. I yeah, am, it's gonna be a, a big a big loss. The only thing worse, obviously, would be if we heard that it was canceled. It, it can't possibly because there's nothing else on DC Universe that anyone gives a shit about. Swamp Thing when it comes out. Well, that hasn't come out yet. So it makes my heart sing. Swamp Thing. All right. Well, if we make your heart sing, listen to next episode. For Greg, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, I'm Mike, who is dead and will not be with us any longer. Oh, no. R.I.P. R.I.P. We are the world and we love you. R.I.P. R.I.P. R.I.P.D. It's got Jeff Bridges and another guy and they're doing stuff that's like M.I.B. but it's with a ghost. What? Greg, you're already on your phone. I like to do the oh, oh, Kilowitz, Ghostbusters, and M.I.B. I don't know where mine is. Is it okay if I check your phone? Yeah. Is that okay? That wouldn't be weird. They the gun, gun, guns. I wish that M.I.B. had more revolvers. I like the the way that revolvers work. They're like the oldest firearm that's repeat action. Sometimes you get them that go like big cylinders. Woom, 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 woom. I like the way that they use the gas from the bullets to propel the gun and the cylinder and it rotates. Do you know how we saw this? We uh, try to join in and, and match them word for word. And around and around. And around and around. And sometimes they go in and they shoot, shoot the people and shouldn't have shot them. them. Those, Those people, people are, are some millions. We have to do a full show after this. <laughs>